Start in verse 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. begin tonight's sermon. Almost 20 years ago now, I went to Ukraine and invested a month teaching in a school, a college there, uh, through the generosity of this congregation. It was a tremendous experience. It really was. The following year, Cherie, David, Karen, and I went there for two and a half weeks. Going and working with brethren there was a life-transforming experience. I am grateful, so grateful for the church here ascending us, and I am grateful for the experience of being with those brethren. They're some of the finest Christians that you'll encounter anywhere in the world. They have undergone a lot of struggle through their life, and this is just one more added to their struggle list. But I have no doubt that the Christians there will use this as an opportunity to help others come to know Jesus better. Let's keep them in our prayers. I appreciate the elders mentioning that. I appreciate Brian mentioning it in the closing prayer. But we are family, and while this is taking place across the ocean... These are people that we care about, and we want to see people come to the Lord despite the difficulties. The preacher preached a little bit long this morning, so the good news is the preacher will preach a little bit short tonight. But I hope you'll forgive me, whatever your view is, since the lesson this morning was on forgiveness, and since the lesson tonight is forgiving ourselves Forgiving ourselves. These are some sermon topics that you requested. And when I saw both of those ideas submitted by different people in the congregation, I said that would be a great Sunday morning, Sunday night tag team. To talk about God's forgiveness and our forgiving one another on Sunday morning and to talk about forgiving ourselves on Sunday night. Let me begin with just a couple of questions because it's very hard for some people to forgive themselves. I understand it's much too easy for some people to overlook sin, but there are others in the world that think of sin and its seriousness to such a degree that they really struggle with forgiving themselves. And I think we need to understand that both types of people exist and that God has a message for both types of people and everyone in between. Here's a couple of questions I'd like for people to consider that struggle with the matter of forgiving ourselves from time to time. 
Here's first the first question. Number one, is God's grace that we've been singing about a lot this evening sufficient to save us when we come to the Lord Jesus? Is God's grace sufficient to save us when we come to the Lord Jesus as the Bible teaches? Faith, repentance, baptism. I feel sure everyone here would say, well, absolutely, God's grace can save us in Jesus when we come to Him. Is God's grace great enough to forgive us of all our sin? If His grace is great enough to save us through Jesus God's grace ought to be great enough to give us assurance of forgiveness in Christ. And that's really something to think about. To those of us who struggle with forgiving ourselves, and I will count myself among that number from time to time, In light of what I've studied in Scripture for many years, when I do this, my God is too small. He's not nearly as big and mighty as the Bible speaks of Him. When I have a problem forgiving myself, I don't really see His grace as fully as I should or maybe as biblically as I should. Now here's a second question. Would God ever ask us to do anything that He would not help us to accomplish? Would God ever ask you to do anything that He wouldn't help you to accomplish? Would He? One thing. Would God ask you to do anything, Waylon, that He wouldn't help you accomplish? I would say, of course not. If God asks us to trust Him for forgiveness, I believe that we can trust Him for forgiveness and that He will enable us and help us to have the assurance of forgiveness. Much like this morning, I want to begin with three pictures. But I want to begin with three pictures of individuals who sinned and certainly had to deal with forgiving themselves as they would come to know God's forgiveness. The first one is found in 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12. Open your Bible there, please. 2 Samuel 11 and 12. You know, sometimes when we talk about forgiving ourselves, we'll say something like this to another individual... Well, if you only knew what I had done. If you only knew what I had done. Well, I assure you that in 2 Samuel 11 and 12, everything that David had done, God knew. This man who is the king, who is a man after God's own heart, 1 Samuel 13, 14, has committed adultery. He's been with another man's wife. Uriah is his name. And not only has he been with someone else's wife, 
even though he's the king and been so blessed and is so well regarded, he plots, he conspires to have Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba, killed. It is just as if he took the sword and killed him with his own hand because the text says in the heat of the battle, they put Uriah up on the front line and then they withdrew from him. He is a Hittite and he is fighting with the people of God. And David had God's people turn their back on someone who was an ally. Doesn't sound like the man after God's own heart, does it? And David is doing everything that he can to sweep everything under the rug. After Uriah dies, he marries Bathsheba, and he's just going on with his life, it seems. And then in 2 Samuel 12, notice how chapter 11 ends. What David did greatly displeased the Lord. Get the picture. So Nathan comes, sent by God, to somehow get David to see the awfulness of his sin, to get the picture. And he tells him a story. However, virtually every item in the story has reality behind it. You see, Bathsheba was Uriah's ewe lamb. An unexpected guest is temptation. Sexual sin is devouring what belongs to someone else. And everything about the story touches the heart of David. And in anger, he says that man should restore fourfold all that he has taken. And then Nathan says, you are the man. Now David's a man after God's own heart, but he's not been living like it. But when you read Psalm chapter 51, you could see how desperately he wanted to be washed and cleansed and purged from his sin. But there are statements that relate not only to his desire for God's forgiveness, but for his desire to have a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Make me to know the joy of salvation again. Pictures of men who had to deal with sin and who had to not only have God's forgiveness, but who had to forgive themselves. I mentioned this morning that David's sin would carry a heavy burden for the nation until they eventually went into captivity. 
That's a lot of weight to bear. How did David forgive himself even when God forgave him? How could he forgive himself? Open your Bible to Luke chapter 22. In Luke chapter 22, notice verses 54 through 62. Luke 22, 54 through 62. Here's a second picture. The example is that of Simon Peter. It always touches my heart when I read this account. Because it is Luke's account in verse 61 that says, After that final denial, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And I'm sure it wasn't a look of sternness. I believe our Lord looked at Peter with a look of compassion. And it helped to break Peter's heart. And I wonder how many times he rehearsed these events. Matthew 26 says in its account of the denial that he took an oath and began to swear. He took an oath and began to swear that he had never been with Jesus and didn't know him. I know that the Lord forgave Peter, don't you? The rest of the New Testament attests to that tremendously. Preaching on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. Reaching out to Cornelius in Acts chapters 10 and 11. He would end up giving his life for the cause of the one that he denied in Luke 22. Church history says that for years after the denial... Some people would mock Peter and they would make the sound of a rooster who crowed whenever he walked by. I imagine it was hard to forgive himself, don't you think? How about the Apostle Paul, Saul of Tarsus, in 1 Timothy 1 13 through 15? He's a third example of someone who not only needed God's forgiveness, he had to deal with this obstacle of being able to forgive himself. 1 Timothy 1, 13-15, he did what he did in ignorance and unbelief, and yet he still acknowledges he persecuted the church of God. He persecuted the church of God. It is in Acts chapter 7 and 8 that we read that they placed their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul when they stoned Stephen to death. I wonder if he ever had nightmares about what took place in Acts 7 and 8. 
I wonder if Paul thought about the times that he was instrumental in having Christians imprisoned whenever he was imprisoned as a Christian himself. Here is a man who unquestionably, undoubtedly had God's forgiveness. And he somehow was able to forgive himself too. Oh friend, if David could be forgiven and forgive himself of murder and adultery and of evil plotting and scheming and behavior that would be unbecoming to one who was a representative of God. If Peter could deny the Lord that he had just said earlier he would gladly die for and do it with swearing and with an oath. And if Paul, Saul, could persecute Christians and even be involved in the death of someone like Stephen... And they could be forgiven by God and forgive themselves. I suspect you can be forgiven by God and forgive yourself too. We struggle with that and here's why. I believe that a number of us struggle for a variety of reasons with forgiving ourselves. One is because Satan is a very real adversary. 1 Peter 5 verses 8 and 9. And he will make up dirt to use against us or he will use dirt that we have already supplied him. We ought not to allow the devil to cause us to lose the joy that's an aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. He is a robber and he will rob us of joy and he will rob us of the assurance that comes by having God's forgiveness. Secondly, when I think about this, Some people can't forgive themselves because Satan is a tough critic. But this secondly is important too. Some of us are into performance-based forgiveness. Performance-based forgiveness. We initially come to God and we say, All right, I know I need His grace to save me, but as Christians, we don't live from day to day in His grace, appreciating His grace and appropriating His grace. In other words, it's kind of like my granddaughter. She has a little car that runs by pop's power. I push her in the car all through our house. And one of the things she loves to do is get all of her babies, 
And so she'll be in that little car that I push. And so will all of her babies. At her own house, she has a little car too, or cart. And in that cart once, I put Jesus at the wheel. She had a little doll someone had given her. And I had him at the steering wheel. Cherie saw it when she came in because all the other stuffed animals were there. And there's Ellie. Makes you think of the Carrie Underwood song, Jesus Take the Wheel, you know. We always need to be thinking, Jesus, you're the pilot. You're the guide. I don't want to take one step without you. Apart from me, he said, you can do nothing. John 15, verses 4 and 5. So each step I take, my Savior goes before me, and with his loving hand, he leads the way. Third, sometimes we struggle with forgiving ourselves because of this. We're disappointed in ourselves and we feel guilty. I suspect that's one of the main reasons. It's hard to forgive yourself because you're so disappointed in what you've done and its effect. The guilt of it is hard. More about that momentarily, but number four. Sometimes we find it hard to forgive ourselves because there's the expectation that we're probably going to sin again. The expectation that's going to happen again. You know, maybe there are particular areas you feel really vulnerable. It's sin. The temptation is very difficult for you. And the expectation that you may well do what you don't want to do again makes it difficult to forgive yourself. The same passage we concluded with this morning is helpful even at this point. Matthew 18, 21 through 35, Peter asked the Lord, How often should I forgive my brother when they sin against me? Till seven times. And Jesus says, till 70 times 7, and then he tells the story of the unmerciful servant. Let me close with these thoughts. Three or four thoughts that I think are helpful. First thought is this. Forgiveness is a mighty tool of God that can bring release and freedom to all kinds of relationships. Most of all, with God, with one another, and within. Forgiveness is a mighty gift of God that can bring release and peace and liberty to all kinds of fractured relationships with God, with others, and within our hearts. We can forgive ourselves 
because we've been forgiven by God. Secondly, and I love this one, God has never met a circumstance so sinful, so dreadful, that He cannot recast it. God has never met a sin so horrible, so dreadful, that He cannot recast it into a trophy of His mercy and grace. Paul would think about his own sufferings as a Christian and he would consider them to be but a trophy of God's mercy and grace and forgiveness. You have a hard time forgiving yourself. Well, don't waste a difficulty. There's probably someone else out there that you can help because you've had a hard time forgiving yourself and they have too. God recasts things into trophies of His mercy and grace. Number three, understand that forgiveness ultimately rests on understanding what God has done for us in Christ. Forgiveness rests in our understanding of what God has done for us in Christ. Brother or sister, don't think that the God who saves cannot forgive you and cannot give you confidence of that forgiveness. That is a reflection on Him. And it's also a reflection to know that He can forgive. And does. Thank you for listening. Both these lessons have taken a lot out of me today. Even a short one on Sunday evening. Because they are both extremely important topics that deal with our soul. And that deal with our health. No one is really right with God who has neglected their soul or their spiritual health. Through faith, repentance, and baptism, one can come to God and take care of their soul's greatest need, deliverance, rescue, salvation. How wonderful it is to know that God chooses to remember our sin and iniquity no more. That He doesn't deal with us according to our sins nor treat us according to our iniquities. Psalm 103 and verse 10. Are you in Christ? Are you a Christian? And yes, forgiving ourselves can be hard. And you know what? Sometimes there's people like those people I mentioned concerning Peter who mocked him and remembered what he did. Maybe there's someone like that in your life too. Thank God it's not God. Thank God that that's not God. And use whatever scars you still bear 
and say like Paul, I bear branded in my body the marks of Christ. Let us stand and sing.